Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are continuing our series where we are previewing all 32 teams in the NFL for the upcoming 2023 fantasy football season. We're going to talk about what their offense did in 2022. We're going to look at our rankings, projections, and just kind of the general season outlook for every single offense in the NFL for the 2023 season. We have officially finished the NFC East, so today we are continuing on with the AFC North, and we are starting with the Cincinnati Bengals, which should be an intriguing team to do this for because this is a very prolific offense. Now, we are going to be talking rankings for redraft, dynasty, and best ball. Um, so if you've never played best ball fantasy football, I highly recommend doing so on Underdog. Um, if you use my promo code mconley 88 you can get your first deposit matched up to $100. Link is in the description on YouTube. It's also pinned to my Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and hit the like button. Really helps me out uh, more than you could ever know, and I really do appreciate it. And if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts, um, if you could rate and review if you like what you're hearing, I really do appreciate it. So without further ado, let's go ahead and start talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. Now, as previously mentioned, in 2022, the Bengals are one of the best offenses in the entire NFL, and that bared itself out in the stats. Now, when you look at the Bengals' stats, one little anomaly, because of the canceled game um, between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, you really have to look through everything with a lens of a per-game basis for the Bengals because uh, when you look at totals, they're going to have one less game than everybody else does. So um, on a per-game basis, they ranked 8th in total yards per game, and they ranked 7th in total points per game. They were also one of the league's most pass-happy offenses, ranking 5th in the league in pass rate. Now, obviously, you can inverse that for the rush rate, which means that they were 23rd in the league in rush right one of the you know the fifth least um, rush heavy team in the NFL now the most notable thing that happened to this offense in 2022 not only did the continuing development of Joe Burrow and T Higgins and Jamar Chase you know in this offense with Zach Taylor's head coach just kind of continue and keep taking steps forward but the other most notable thing that happened most notable event that happened was Jamar Chase missed four games last season due to injury and surprisingly enough it didn't really affect their total outcome. The, the offense averaged 32.75 points per game in that four-game stretch, which is actually six more points than their season average of 26.1 points per game. Now, um, personally, I, I think that that's a little bit misleading because they did play four weak defenses in that stretch. Um, you know, most notably the the big Joe Mixon game against the Carolina Panthers. But, you know... I'd really just, you know, put that there to say that, you know, Jamar Chase isn't really like the only thing that made the offense go around here in Cincinnati. Like they were able to have four successful offensive football games with Jamar Chase not being on the field. Now, obviously, Jamar Chase is one of the NFL's best wide receivers, but when he got hurt, this offense stayed clicking. So um, if you if you got any injury concerns there, uh, uh, don't because th this offense can still be successful when Jamar Chase is not on the field. Now, Let's look at the QB position specifically. So Joe Burrow last year finished his QB4 overall and QB4 in fantasy points per game, which was um, his career best finishes in both categories. Now, in terms of the weekly finishes for Joe, um, he tended to be a high-ceiling quarterback that still had a fairly high floor because in terms of his floor performances, he only had six weeks outside the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks 
and only two of which were outside the top 15 quarterbacks. So in other words, if you're playing fantasy in a 10-team league, he was a starting caliber quarterback for um, 10 out of 16 games that he played. And he was only a dud in two out of 16 games that he played. That's pretty solid in all honesty. Now, he also, you know, to the point that I said he's a high ceiling quarterback, he recorded six weekly finishes inside the top five quarterbacks. And one of those six weekly top five finishes was without Jamar Chase. Now, the the most important part about Joe Burrow is that when you look at most of the top quarterbacks in fantasy football scoring, most of them get a lot of production from their legs. And Joe Burrow really didn't do as much with his legs as a bunch of other quarterbacks at the top. So how did he get there without having, you know, gaudy rushing yards and a gaudy amount of rushing touchdowns? Well, he was very efficient as a passer and he had a high volume of passing. We just mentioned that they had the fifth highest pass rate in the NFL. But in terms of his efficiency, Joe Burrow ranked inside the top 10 in every notable accuracy metric that I could find. Joe Burrow just just straight up is a very accurate quarterback. And that allows him to be more efficient in the passing game. You know, not only is he getting high volume, but he's doing a lot with that volume through the air. Now, if you're looking to kind of poke holes in his resume, he did throw for 36 total touchdowns and run for five touchdowns, both of which were above his expectation for last year when you look at, you know, kind of the expected totals. So in terms of expected fantasy points per game, which kind of takes into account area of the field, game flow, you know, a whole lot of stuff that basically just kind of averages everything out. Um, he did rank as quarterback nine in expected fantasy points per game. So, you know, that's basically saying, you know, could this season have been a little bit fluky? Possibly, but I still think you know, that Joe Burrow, very accurate quarterback in an offense that loves to pass the ball with great weapons around him, and, and he's going to continue to be a very good thrower of the football. So I, I think you could view last season as a little bit of, um, you know, probably a, a little lucky for Joe Burrow, but at the end of the day, I, I still think he's an elite fantasy quarterback option. So the bottom line for the Bengals quarterback position is that Joe Burrow is straight up an elite option at the quarterback position that, in my opinion, is in a tier of his own. I think you have the big three quarterbacks, Hertz, Allen, in Mahomes, in no particular order, that's your tier one. Joe Burrow is in tier two, and I have him well above any other quarterback. He's well above Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, um, you know, Deshaun Watson, any other quarterbacks. I got Burrow well above that next tier. The, the QB4 last season was his best career finish, but I do expect it to continue because of the eliteness of this offense, because of the efficiency and accuracy of Joe Burrow, and because of the pass volume that they're going to see as well. So Joe Burrow is my quarterback four for the 2023 season. If you are playing best ball, I have him as my quarterback four there as well. I think Joe Burrow is an elite best ball option that I think might pay dividends more so than where he's being drafted at right now on Underdog and on DraftKings because he can give you those ceiling performances while giving you very few floor performances. So I, I really like Joe Burrow as a best ball option, and I really like him as a season-long option also. Joe Burrow is my quarterback four for the 2023 season. All right, so let's switch gears just a little bit. Let's go ahead and talk about some running backs. So 
Last season, Joe Mixon was the Bengals' workhorse running back. He finished as running back 10 overall and running back 7 in fantasy points per game. Um, he did miss a few games, which kind of skews that a little bit. Now, Mixon only had two weekly finishes that were outside the top 30 running backs. And these were actually the only two weeks where he scored single-digit fantasy points. So if you look at the 13 games that Mixon played, he was in double-digit fantasy points for 11 weeks. He was a top 30 running back for 11 weeks. So very, very consistent season from Joe Burrow. Even I'm sorry, not Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. So even with that high floor, Mixon didn't really flash a consistently high ceiling. He only had two weekly top eight finishes, so he really wasn't giving you ceiling performances a whole lot. Now, he did give you a big-time ceiling performance that seemingly came out of nowhere in week nine against the Carolina Panthers. In this game, Joe Mixon scored 23% of his season fantasy points in one game. He had over 50 fantasy points against the Carolina Panthers, which is one of the more anomaly fantasy performances that I've seen in recent memory because the Carolina Panthers had been a pretty solid run defense up until that point of the season. Jamar Chase did not play in that game, which may have influenced the Bengals' play calling just a little bit and what they did in the red zone just a little bit. But it, it just seemed like the exception, not the rule for that one performance. And so I, I do think it, it tended to be a little bit fluky. The Mixon scored 23% of his season fantasy points in, in one game that would roughly rank out to about 8% of his season. Um, you know, he scored 23% of his fantasy points. So um, for that reason, I don't think Mixon is an elite best ball option because he's not giving you ceiling week after ceiling week after ceiling week. He just gave you one big ceiling week and then a whole lot of very average weeks after that. Now, in terms of being a workhorse running back, Joe Mixon was one of the bigger workhorses in all the NFL last year. So in terms of running backs, Mixon ranked 10th in snap share, 7th in opportunity share, 7th in total targets, keep in mind that's missing three games, and 11th in weighted opportunities. Again, uh, that's a total number. That's with missing three games. That's not an average. So Joe Mixon got a lot of work last year in this Bengals backfield, and yet... Mixon actually kind of wasn't the only successful running back the Bengals had last year. So Mixon missed two full games and then another half of another game that he left early. And in those three games or three-ish games, I guess you could say, Samaj P. Ryan really filled in and, and played quite well for the Cincinnati Bengals. He finished his running back two, running back 10, and running back four in those three weeks. If you were playing him in you know, DraftKings or FanDuel in those three weeks, he was just absolutely money um, because of how well he performed and how well his salary was just because of him being normally a backup. Now, also worth note is that Piran did function as the primary pass catching back for the Bengals. Piran totaled 51 targets last season, and it was only on a snap share that was just under 40%. And Pete Ryan actually finished as running back 35. Now, what's notable is that Samaj P. Ryan is now a Denver Bronco. So who is going to be this guy for the Cincinnati Bengals this year? Well, the Bengals drafted Chase Brown out of Illinois in the draft this past season. Chase Brown out of Illinois, you know, playing in the Big Ten, um, went up against good defenses week in and week out and was successful week in and week out. He was a big-time workhorse in college. He saw excessively high carry totals um, throughout the entire season. He was able to catch passes out of the backfield as well. A very solid, hard-nosed, tough, do-it-all back that the Cincinnati Bengals are getting in Chase Brown. And I think he is a guy that he can come in and he is NFL ready. He's going to be ready to contribute and play this year. So 
what's also worth noting is that Joe Mixon could very potentially be up for a suspension. Um, if you are not aware, he was, um, I don't know if arrested would be the correct word, I guess charged with aggravated menacing in the off season. Uh, the story was apparently he pulled a gun on a woman, um, which obviously is a terrible thing. But for fantasy perspective, he might be suspended. And what we saw with the Bengals last season is that Samaj P. Ryan, when Mixon was out, was a top 10 running back. And so if Mixon is going to miss time again this year, then there's probably going to be a guy in the Bengals' backfield that's going to be a top 10 running back. And I really like it to be Chase Brown. I don't expect it to be one of the other guys that they already have there, like a Chris Evans or like a Trey Williams. So I really do think that if Mixon does happen to get suspended or if Mixon does happen to miss time for injury, I think that Chase Brown is an elite handcuff option because the Bengals have shown that this backfield can have a top 10 running back, even if it's not Joe Mixon. So the bottom line for the running back position this season for the Cincinnati Bengals is Mixon may or may not be suspended. We don't know yet, which makes him a risky draft right now in redraft leagues. It makes him a risky draft right now in best ball leagues. You might get a super bargain if you draft right now and he doesn't get suspended, or you might be super burned if you draft him right now and he does get a six game suspension. I would tend to think that it would be in the four to six range like a lot of other guys. I also think there's a possibility they do what they did with Alan Kamara last season and kick the can down the road and suspend him in the 2024 season. I, I think that's all on the table, but we don't know yet at this point in time. So drafting him right now, bottom line, you're carrying a little bit of risk with Joe Mixon. So what that does is that makes Chase Brown an elite handcuffing option. I think Chase Brown is an elite best ball option because if Mixon ever does miss time, he's giving you that top 10 running back upside like Samaj P. Ryan did last season. So right now, as it stands, Mixon is my running back 16. Brown is currently my running back 58. Obviously, that would be subject to change if any suspensions were to come down or if any roster moves were to be made. All right, so that does it for the running back position. Now, let's go ahead and talk about what's probably the most intriguing position for the Cincinnati Bengals, the wide receivers. So the wide receiver position last year for Cincinnati Bengals was an area of strength for them. They were one of only five teams in the NFL to boast two top 20 fantasy wide receivers last season. Jamar Chase finished as wide receiver 11 overall and wide receiver four in fantasy points per game. Keep in mind, he missed a few games. T. Higgins finished as wide receiver 18 overall. And I'm going to kind of manually adjust T. Higgins' stats here because T. Higgins did have two games where he had goose eggs where he suited up ran a few routes, wasn't targeted, left the game early, and you know that's getting counted as a game played even though he didn't really like play the game. So um, if you manually adjust his stats like I did, he was wide receiver 13 in fantasy points per game. Now, Tyler Boyd also had a successful season. He finished as wide receiver 34. So you had three top 35 fantasy wide receivers in this Bengals offense last season. Now, in the four games that Jamar Chase missed, here's what is super notable. T. Higgins, in that four-game span, finished as wide receiver four, wide receiver six, and wide receiver 23 twice. Also in that four-game span, Tyler Boyd did not record a weekly top 25 finish. So when Jamar Chase missed, his targets went to T. Higgins. I don't necessarily have seen enough film or watched enough Cincinnati Bengals tape to know why that's the case, but I, I can tell you it is the case that when Jamar Chase missed games, it upped T. Higgins. It didn't do a thing to Tyler Boyd. Now, Jamar Chase, 
continues to be one of the most high ceiling players in the NFL. If you listen to my podcast last offseason, I, I had it as kind of a concern as high, high, high ceiling. Wow, that was tough to say. I had it as a concern as to how high ceiling Jamar Chase was. Jamar Chase last year had five weekly top five finishes. That's kind of insane. And he had four weekly finishes outside the top 25, two of which were outside the top 30. Now, T. Higgins, his profile in the 2021 season was was not this, but in the 2022 season, T. Higgins was very boom or bust as well. T. Higgins boasted four weekly top six finishes last year and then six finishes outside the top 30, which includes those two zeros that I mentioned where he played but didn't really play. Now, Tyler Boyd, Kind of strikes me as a little bit of a fluke last year. Like, I, I kind of think he got a little bit lucky. He finished his wide receiver two overall in week seven, which was one of his two best performances. He only had two weekly top 20 finishes. So he finished his wide receiver two in week seven, had another top 20 performance. Not really anything else to write home about after that. So Tyler Boyd, his whole season was really carried by two big performances. So I kind of would tend to think that his numbers are going to regress a little bit. Now, through the entirety of last season, if you're talking about target shares, Jamar Chase ranked sixth in the entire league in target share, and Higgins ranked 41st in target share, which was a difference of 10.4%. And Tyler Boyd, in case you're wondering, ranked 71st in the league in target share. So um, Tyler Boyd, to finish his wide receiver 34 and to rank 71st in target share, yeah, you can definitely point to that as being a regression candidate. However, if T. Higgins were to miss time or um, if maybe the tight end position, Irv Smith Jr. were to miss time, then I, I think that could up Tyler Boyd a little bit. But um, I, I'm just not really a huge believer as where the numbers stand right now. Now, here's one of the stats that I absolutely love because I've been saying this for a whole offseason. And I got to give this guy credit. It's at J.A. Gibbs 23 on Twitter. He compiled all of the stats from all of the routes that Jamar Chase and T. Higgins have ran together on the field in the last two seasons. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins have ran 849 total routes together. On those 849 routes, in terms of targets, Jamar Chase was targeted 184 times. T. Higgins was targeted 179 times. That's a difference of only five targets. In terms of air yards, Jamar Chase had 2,055. T. Higgins had 2,053. That's a difference of two air yards. And in terms of PPR fancy points, Jamar Chase, 382 T. Higgins, 360. That's a difference of 22 fantasy points. If you count the games that they have played together only, that's about one PPR fantasy point per game. So these two guys are not all that different when they are on the field together. What has been different is the availability of these two guys and their shares when the other is not on the field, if I'm being totally honest. When T. Higgins misses, Jamar Chase goes way up. When Jamar Chase misses, T. Higgins goes way up. So um, I, I really think that that's an interesting tidbit as to how close those two guys have been together when they've been on the field at the same time. So the bottom line for the Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver position, both Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are high upside, low floor players on a weekly basis and a season long basis. I think they make for elite best ball options for that reason. The wide receiver position, you can find a lot of guys that can have you know a, a steady floor. These guys are going to give you a high ceiling. They're going to give you those spike weeks. I have Higgins ranked closer to Jamar Chase than most consensus rankings do. Tyler Boyd, I'm not super interested in. I think he functions as a handcuff. I think his value really increases should Chase or Higgins end up missing time. Now, for the 2023 season, Jamar Chase is my wide receiver five. 
T. Higgins is my wide receiver 12. Tyler Boyd is my wide receiver 53. Now, like I said, I'm a little bit closer on Chase and Higgins than most people because of how similar their profiles are when they're both on the field together. I'm actually a little bit lower on Chase um, for my season-long ranks than most people are because of how boom or bust and how volatile he can be. So Jamar Chase is my wide receiver five. I know a lot of people have him as wide receiver two or wide receiver three. So let's go ahead and shift gears a little bit and let's talk tight ends. So in 2022, the Bengals targeted the tight end position 94 times, which ranked 25th in the league. It's not great. Hayden Hurst was the primary tight end last year. He finished his tight end 21 overall and tight end 18 in fantasy points per game. He missed three games. That explains the discrepancy in those two numbers. In terms of the weekly outputs, Hurst finished as a top 12 tight end in five of his 13 active games. In the games that Hurst missed, Mitchell Wilcox filled in nicely, was tight end 32, which was not great, but then tight end 10 and tight end 14 in Hurst's three-game absence. So overall, among tight ends, Hayden Hurst ranked 12th in targets, 16th in target share, and 24th in snap share. So here's how I can explain those stats to you. When he was on the field, he was getting targeted a lot. But when he was on the field, it wasn't a block. It wasn't to be a decoy. He was on the field to catch the football. And so um, I really think when you look at those numbers, Hayden Hurst had about a par for the course finish last year. If he would have been healthy for all, you know, 16 games, I guess 17, if you include the, the Bills game um, that got canceled, I do think that his numbers would have looked better. And I think that the tight end position can be very lucrative in this Bengals offense. Now, Irv Smith Jr. is now projecting to be the Bengals starting tight end. Hayden Hurst is now a Carolina Panther. Irv Smith Jr. last year played eight games and only had one top 10 weekly finish. Um, it's worth noting that the team traded for TJ Hawkinson right at the end of that number. Um, I, I believe him and Hawkinson played one game together, but do not quote me on that. It's either one or two games. Now, Irv Smith in his career has never recorded a top 20 fantasy season. He was also never his team's primary tight end. You know, when he was in Minnesota, he was you know, kind of contending with Kyle Rudolph. In 2021, he was going to be the projected starter with no competition. Tears his ACL, doesn't get to play. Last year, coming in as the projected starter, fairly successful over the first half of the season, gets hurt, team trades for TJ Hawkinson, and he's out of Minnesota right after that. So I do think that Irv Smith Jr., this is finally his chance to serve as a primary tight end, and the tight end position is a pretty lucrative one for this Bengals offense because this offense is going to score a lot of points, and when they play tight ends, they throw to tight ends, which is a pretty good sign, honestly. And so a lot of people are really down on Irv Smith. I'm not. I would prefer to pick a tight end in a good offense as opposed to a tight end in a crap offense any day of the week just because they're going to get looks in the red zone. They're going to have opportunities to score touchdowns. And sometimes at the tight end position, all you want is that one touchdown. And so I really do like Irv Smith. I love him as a cheap stacking option in best ball. Um, I love him as a um, backup option in redraft leagues. I think he's a solid dynasty pickup as well. Irv Smith Jr. is my tight end 22 heading into next season, which is about where he ranks in consensus. I think in best ball, he's being drafted a little bit ahead of that because of all the people that want to stack him with Joe Burrow. All right, so that does it for the Cincinnati Bengals 2023 team preview. If you are on YouTube and you like what you saw, please hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button. It really helps me out more than you can ever know. I really do appreciate it. If you're listening on podcast form, Spotify, Apple, or wherever else, please rate and review. I really do appreciate it. 
Now, also, I mentioned earlier, if you want to try some best ball drafts on Underdog or if you want to do player props on Underdog, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Use my promo code mconley 88 You'll get your first deposit matched up to $100. It's free money. Give it a shot. And if you want to see my full ranks and my full write-ups for all of the NFL, not just the Cincinnati Bengals, head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Picks. It is $3 a month. It's a lot cheaper than other fantasy sites that you could get. It's a lot cheaper than buying a magazine. It's a lot cheaper than buying a whole lot of other drafts guys you get three dollars a month i'm going to continue updating it up until the end of draft season um so you can edit it download it whatever you need to do but three dollars a month will get you access to both the ranks and the draft guide all right so that does it for this preview if you made it this far thank you guys for watching and i will see you next time next episode is going to be the baltimore ravens thank you guys see you next time